Whenever I visit France, I always see lots of top bottles for sale, but when I get back home, those same bottles can be much harder to find, if not impossible. That's why I use IdealWine.com. At IdealWine.com, I can buy wines directly from France for delivery directly to my home. They have new auctions every week, and the fixed price selection is equally awesome. Clos Rouchard, Chateau Reyes, and Ulysse Colon, as well as many more greats from all over France, are regularly available on the website. Best of all, it is simple and hassle-free to buy them. Ideal Wine handles all the customs and logistics hurdles for you and for me. Wines are ordered with a couple of clicks, and then they arrive. It is simple. Check out IdealWine.com for more information. That's I-D-E-A-L-W-I-N-E.com to find what you'd like to be drinking. I'll drink to that, where we get behind the scenes of the beverage business. I'm Levy Dalton. I'm Erin Scala. And here's our show today. Marcus Savage on the show today. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Nice to see you. It's good to see you, too. It's good to be here. So you do a number of things, but you got started in Denver, Colorado at a wine bar. Yes, sir. That is correct. And how did that go down? It went down. I, uh, after graduate school, I got MBA, which is difficult to believe for a lot of people, but I got an MBA and, um, you think it's difficult because of how you look now? Yes, exactly. Like <laughs> yeah. with the tats Maybe, and yeah, the exactly, grateful dish. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, and I went to work. Uh, my father was an entrepreneurial sort of guy and was in a lot of different things. And I, I went to work for him, which was an utter disaster. And uh, did you ask him about which tattoos you should get? <laughs> yeah, he was really, actually he never minded the tattoos. He didn't like the earrings originally when I was eighteen. Was the ones that bothered him. So, um, but this is that that was probably the eighties, and then by the nineties, this yeah, this was the nineties. Yeah, I did. I got my first tattoo when I was twenty-one. Before these things were cool, actually, so or supposedly cool, I guess. Back um, when it used to just be Navy guys. Yeah, exactly. Navy and I had like a fraternity and my name on the back, you know, skull and crossbones. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the born to lose thing is really that's out of fashion about, now. That's about as bad but as mine was. That's what I remember. Yeah. Like guys with yeah. born to, like actual born to lose tattoos. Without a doubt, yeah. You never see I, that now. No, I'm not that bad. Yeah. I really want to run into like a hot Asian chick that's like 25 with like a born, born to, to lose, lose yeah. as opposed to a that's fucking what... rose. You know how many times I see like flowers yes, and stuff? And I don't have any flowers. I think that I, would be. I have a lot of, all right, and I don't have a lot of skulls. I've got three skulls. But, uh, <laughs> hey man, yeah. you know, better than just one. <laughs> Never have too, too, too many skulls. Were you a He-Man uh, guy? Is that where that's coming a from? A what? A He-Man? You no, show uh, you know, ha- 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 metal. Yeah, metal. Uh, I okay. love heavy metal music. And yeah. I, you know, I always have. So, and you still, yeah. you're into that scene oh, very, still. very much so. Like yeah. you hang with guys and stuff. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah I've been, yeah. Fortunate enough, uh, actually tonight I'm going to dinner, but not name dropping with Maynard from Tool. Just because, you are name dropping. Yeah, I am fine. name dropping, but I, <laughs> I don't <laughs> want a guy says he's not going to do something and then he does it. It's awesome. Yeah. I, I'm not. You know, it's more. Uh, I, I don't know him through the metal scene. I know him through the wine scene because we represent his wines uh, in all our markets, and uh, which are a uh, sidebar story. I mean, he's he's the man with it. He's he makes he's make he makes great wines and he makes them himself. He does the whole thing. So, which is quite cool you know compared to some of these other you know that are just like you know slap their name yeah their names on the the, you're saying Nicki minaj doesn't make that wine is that what you're trying to tell me i couldn't i'm not gonna say no i don't know she's not there like squeezing (laughs) citrus fruit into the moscato we did we we did uh and it was actually it was pretty decent but we did motorhead shiraz for a while and uh and uh, I did get to go backstage at a at a concert in Milwaukee and meet Lemmy and everything. I mean, he just I, he like I don't think he even really knew that they had this product out in the market. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Was he was cool. like, "Who are you?" He was kind of like, "What is this?" <laughs> you know, a Motorhead show. I think it's hard to tell the crowd from the roadies yes, from the performers. It is without a doubt. It's you all, know what it's I mean? All blended together. It's like you know the on the other <clears throat> side of the world, tennis matches are like that. Yeah. Because yeah. the spectators dress like the players. Exactly. Yeah. Like, how many yeah. people need to wear yeah. white shorts at this thing? Unless you're Prince, then you know like, what I mean. Oh, right. right. Then you do, you do your own. Thing. Whatever he yeah. was just doing at the French Open, and we saw it with a cane and there were a scepter. Like, okay. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, I, after, I think I lasted maybe three months with working for my father and then, uh, I How did just, that go down in the end? Was uh, there yelling, no, he screaming? Was, yeah, he was okay. I think he yeah. he knew that, you know, yeah. and it, you know, it's one of those things. He, I was basically was following him around, you know, and he'd be like, give me a cup of coffee. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> it's like, you know, I'm like, I just got out of grad so, school. Was your paycheck something. labeled allowance? Basically, yeah. Basically <laughs> like I'm still 18 and living in a home. He's like, know? it's a car wash. Like, yeah, exactly. Nothing changed. Can you pick me up at the airport? <laughs> so, and so... uh I, you know, I just was sort of getting into wine at that time. I wasn't, you know, I did not know nothing, but I didn't know, you know what I know now, obviously. And why were you getting into wine? I mean, was your dad into wine? Or? No, my no, my family did not drink wine at all. I mean, occasionally maybe a, a Blue Nun or a Black Tower. And I can remember Lancer's Rosé at times, but and I remember stealing it as a kid, you know, if I could. <laughs> and uh, no, I just, uh, I was, I, you know, I was a big, I was, I, I was a big partier. That's basically what it was. I, you know, and I, and I just got tired. Well, growing up in rural Kansas, that you start drinking at an early age. That's what you do. There's nothing else to do. So, I, uh, but I just eventually just got tired of beer, and then tried to do the the mixed drink thing. And I just, you know, got kind of tired of that. I was never, I don't like this. Never was a shot guy, so I didn't do that. I just thought, well, let's try this wine thing out. And uh, I started drinking uh, white Zimmendel. Is where I started. Um, so that's why I mean I never anybody likes that wants it now I'm like you know it started me on my on my path so and a friend of mine had just got his art history degree um, from the University of Denver the same school that I was at a lot of money in that yeah tons he was like looking around like oh, what the hell am I gonna do <laughs> so yeah, so it just at the same time it's like we just started talking like hey why don't we try to start a wine bar here in Denver. And how many wine bars were there? Uh, zero. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, this was 19. We opened in November of 95. And we were in a area that they call Lodo, which is lower downtown. It's where Coors Field is now. And they were just beginning to build Coors Field. Um, Morton's of Chicago had just opened up next door to us. But otherwise, it was still kind of skid rowish a little bit. Um, wine Coop Brewery, which is a, a guest still owned by Hinkenlooper, who's the governor of Colorado now. And we decided, well, let's do this and roll the dice and uh, and went for it. And we were, you know, crazy or naive enough to do 60 wines by the glass and do do stuff that nobody would really ever considered pouring, especially in Denver, Colorado. I mean, we did Silver Oak. We did Dom. We did. By the glass. By the glass. By the glass. Yeah. By the glass. Which was probably a big deal. It was a huge deal. I think when we opened, I can't remember which vintage it was of Lafitte we did. Uh, I remember 1990 uh, La Casa uh, Capazzo La Casa Brunello we did <laughs> you know people when we were doing it were like you guys are out of your minds and then it went great guns but we I don't remember exactly what pricing strategy we used but it wasn't the nowadays of like you know one glass for the bottle cost we, we it was reasonable and we had you know we had like a I think we had three reds three whites each that we were like in those years I think we were three I came out three or four dollars a glass oh okay so we had did that too as well so we were kind of the whole spectrum and it was like yeah we had like 60 60 wines, and then we had a Cruvenet system and did that whole route, too. And then it was back when the cigar smoking was popular and allowed, so we had a separate... Remember that? Related... Yeah, I do, actually. I wish it was still around. Man, yeah. that was such yeah. a thing. I knew we were in trouble when New York City banned smoking. It's like, shit, the whole world's in trouble now. <laughs> New York City's banned it. So, uh, yeah, we had a separate room and so was, and you know, a bunch of you know uh, Armagnacs, Cognacs, that sort of thing, too. So, yeah, that's how that started, and... How long was that? Uh, we lasted about it was it was it was never what we even imagined it to be. It got to the point where we had a a bouncer and we were checking IDs and you know we just thought we were opening. A your friends were coming by <laughs> yeah, and you're friends, like, yeah. tell some of these guys from the Motorhead show to come by. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just I don't. It just it just took off and then we had you know kids trying to get in and people you know. I, Stealing the dummy bottles, carrying the dummies, trying to carry the dummy bottles out the door. You know, it's like there's people nothing. tried to steal the dummy like, yeah, bottles. Like there's nothing in those guys. I mean, you think there's a six liter of Oud Clicquot sitting right there for <laughs> just for the hell of it? You know, <laughs> go ahead, yeah, have it. And so I think we both burn out. Probably I think it was a year and a half, and then we had a guy that wanted to buy it, and we sold it. And then that's how I moved on to uh, distribution. And you started distribution in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where we started with classic wines. Yeah, so I. Knew uh, our partner there is a guy called Scott High, and he worked for what was then Midwest Beverage, which is a larger distributorship. And 
then Colorado in those years, there wasn't really anything that small. There was a company called Grand Vin that was probably doing, I don't know, 17 or 18 million in sales, but that was it. So we, he had this, he it was actually his idea. He's like, do you want to, would you be interested in, in looking in and doing this? I'm like, yeah, I don't really know much about it, but yeah, let's, let's give it a shot and, and see what happens. And we started, you know, we were small. I always joke. We basically, I felt like, you know, as a member of the communist party, I had a leaflet. It was basically all we had would take out. You know, we had like, I remember I had like Kermit Lynch and Quivera from California. That was really about it in the old days. So it's a pretty big book. That's now. where we started. Yeah. It's a big book now. It's, it's gone in, you know, it's a, I think this year we're projecting we'll do 32 million in sales. So yeah, it's gotten, yeah, far more. And pretty diverse. And, and very diverse. Yeah. Got a lot of American, got a lot of Italian. Very diverse. Yeah. You know. And spirits. We've, you know, we've, we're into the spirits thing now. We've kind of. Everybody's into the spirits. I know. Thing. We kind of resist. Like you, I you can't, can't ignore. No, you can't. I thought, and I thought it was one of those things. I thought this is a total fad and it'll just go away. And I, now I'm completely thinking the other way. And I think, you know, we've, 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 we've missed some spirits books because we had our eyes closed. So, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with spirits. I, I'm not bashing spirits at all, but. Was just, it like The Godfather where they're talking about the drug business? Yes, that's exactly it. The guy keeps you. No, you, you can't do that. No drug. Yeah, no spirits. <laughs> you can you can break the law anywhere else you want, but yeah, yeah that's exactly it. So, because um, now it's just, I mean, it's like. Oh, you got it. But, you know, we were trying to, we, I remember like talking when we, this subject come up, it's like, oh, and then again, I have a, you know, just different buyer. We got to have the rep see a different buyer on a different day and, you know. Blah, 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 blah. And I think, you know, we just basically tried to convince ourselves that this wasn't the thing to do. And I mean, we always had like the occasional, like, you know, Droves Armagnacs, things sure. like that, you know, but there were, you know, I mean, we weren't selling. But it's probably a generational or. thing, too. You probably looked at it like we tried to get away from booze. Yeah, exactly. Not closer it, it, to ex booze. Exactly. Exa we tried to not be a liquor company. That, we tried to be a wine that's, company. That's exactly, that's exactly right. And then when and did, artisanal spirits came up, you were yeah, kind of like. Like, uh, you know, or yeah. this, this stigma of, okay, now. We're a liquor company, you know, you know, we're a liquor company that, that has wine, you know, and, uh, yeah, I think that was part of the stigma, but now we've embraced it and money's nice. Money's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Buys nice you, things. You got to fill the trucks with something, you know, <laughs> so, but the market yeah, and, has, I mean, the, there's more interesting spirits though. Oh, by far. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and we, you know, we don't, you know, like high West and stuff like that. We represent in some markets I mean, we don't do any, yeah, nothing, not, we're I mean, not Brown Foreman or anything like that. So. Well, you know, yeah. give it a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I'd we'd say no, but yeah. Um, so. so then what was the next move? You started up a distributorship? In Colorado, and that was like right. I Actually, it was, was not technically, I guess, like, I don't know what the statute of limitations is on this one, but it was not technically legal at the first because I had a, I had a on-premise license still with the bar because it had not officially sold when we opened Classic. So I was on two licenses. And so I think that was 90, like end of 96 when we opened Classic. And then uh, my wife is from here and we moved here in 90. She wanted to move back to Chicago. And I was kind of like, I think the sayings go west, young man, not go east. But I could be wrong. And now I love Chicago, don't be wrong. But uh, we moved here in 99. And again, sort of, you know, naivety, a little naive and a little wet behind the ears. Maybe thinking, well, I don't really want to work for somebody. So what are we going to do? Let's try to do the same thing here. And everywhere I turned, everybody's like, you're crazy. You'll never get in here. I'll never get in here. And uh, it did. It took a good year and a half. And then uh, when Southern came in and bought all of the Turlato stuff, it was kind of had enough connections with uh, guys that were classic. They were like, you know, hey, you guys got to do something now. We want, you know, we're not going to be with Southern. We want to get, get out of there. So. so you're saying that guys that you worked with in Colorado, like suppliers, yeah, didn't yeah. want to work with Southern. No. And, and we're like. And they saw their portfolio going that way, and they, they were like, they wanted an alternative. Yeah. And they knew, I mean, most of them knew that I was here trying to get that done. But, you know, they just never, none of them were, like, committed yet to just, let's let's jump ship and go and see, you know, because Classic was doing great for them, but hell, they didn't know. I mean, I don't right. them, they didn't know, you know, Mavericks. sales here. are yeah. sales. <laughs> sales are sales, you know. Yeah. But then when that happened, it was like, okay, now let's go. So, so all of a sudden you had a portfolio. Right, exactly, yeah. Something at least, you know, scalable where we could... What was you know, some what, of the early? It wasn't huge. Uh, you know, the first one over is a, a good friend of mine and is Eric Solomon. He was the first one, and he kind of actually was the one that spearheaded this whole thing. Like, okay, you guys got to go. And he was with Direct Imports. And now who our partner at Maverick is Scott Larson. He was at, at Direct Imports and was the manager of the European sellers portfolio there. So he kind of put us together and said, hey, guys. Because you guys need to have lunch and sit down, yeah. So probably was helpful to you to have a local guy on the ground, but by far, especially yeah. when you're in a couple states, by far. And I, you know, I mean, I didn't know, 
you know, I knew by that time I knew the restaurants and stuff and I knew some of the buyers, but not, you know, not. You didn't have the local connections. No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. And, not at all. But you're also, as you said, the kind of guy that maybe doesn't like to work for other people. No, I'm not a, you know, I admit this, I'm not a very good detail guy at all either. I mean, you know, if you left me to run the ship, it'd be going down and probably, you know, in a New York minute. So, um, yeah, so that's, you know, that's one of my philosophies is if you know, hire people, people that are smarter than you and put them around you, you know, so. So you start up Maverick and you still have Eric Solomon in that portfolio today. Yep, we do. Yes, we do. Yep. Who are some of the other people you represent in, in Illinois? Bigger, I mean, there's Schaefer. That's another one that we that we have. Um, Plump Jack. Uh, we have Dresner, which I, I love that book too. We have Dresner Selections. Um, that's a pretty big portfolio. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and it's, I mean, of, you know, it's, it's and I mean, those are kind of wines that we all love really and we like to sell i mean we obviously have other you know you can't just make your living off that we always have a joke it takes you know it takes the same amount of cost to deliver one case as it does 10 so you might as well deliver you know try to deliver 10 as well so um rudy weiss for german selection so you know all the way down i mean like literai you know ted who makes our burn cottage wines you know who's you know i mean obviously is the man i think in my eyes and so yeah, things like that. But some pretty strong yeah. personalities. Yeah. I mean, yep. you got along with Eric. You got yep. along with Joe Dresner. Yep. I love Joe. Yeah. So how did those Eric too, yeah. relationships but, meet? I mean, what what was the... You know, I it, I don't even know how... I don't... That's a good question on both those. I don't remember. I think with Eric Solomon, I knew uh, Steve Miles, who used to be his national sales manager and uh, lived in Denver and still does live in Denver. I think he introduced us and we just sort of hit it off. And I went over to, uh, Spain as just as, as a wine fan and visited Chloe Rasmus with him and Daphne and, um, just hung out with him in the pre rot. And I think it just sort of snowballed from there. And with, yeah, with Dresner, boy, that's a good question. I, I don't, I don't even remember how that came about. I think it came through, oh yeah, you know what I do is it came through Scott Larson because I think he had them at direct here. And I remember, Joe coming in town and it was one of those like, you know, and I, you know, I said, Joe seemed to do sometimes it could be like, you know, I remember leaving that dinner going like, who the hell is this guy yeah. <laughs> you know? that turned into like, Oh, I love this guy. You know? So, uh, uh, that's how that happened. Yeah. He was one of the first, I forgot it. He was one of the first portfolios we had here too as well. So, and then it just sort of, you know, with Joe, it just kind of went into just, you know, he, he kept, I remember when he asked me for an introduction with classic, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'll do it, but I don't think it's their sort of book that they're going to take, you know? And I said, so I can't promise you anything. And lo and behold, they took it. So, you know, they, so, and I, I told them what I thought that they should do, you know, but, you know, I can't, <laughs> I don't, they, well, I don't, don't, they should say no. They shouldn't say no. Yeah, yeah exactly. They should say no. Don't take it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they shouldn't say no. And, uh, because <laughs> I mean, it is, a, there's a lot of new world in that book. Yeah, there is. The a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of new world. And they, you know, I think they sell that. And I think that's why they somewhat they took it, you know. And I mean, it kind of fell apart. There was, it's a funny, it's, it is a funny Joe story. Joe went and, and visited the market and did it work with. And how was that? <laughs> There was an interesting story that he, uh, he, uh, and a guy actually, Eric Lambertus, who's a rep, used to be a rep for us, and he actually worked for me at Enoteca. He, I, have, I can't remember the name of the restaurant, but it was a French like bistro in, in Boulder, and the guy, you know, the chef owner was French. And uh, Eric got a call, so I got to take this call. I'm sorry, I stepped out for a minute, comes back in, and Joe and this guy are like, he said, like nose to nose in full French, just like, you know, both of them frothing at the mouth, like arguing with each other. And I guess the gist of it is what Joe told him: his wine list sucked, and he he's a Frenchman. He should be ashamed of this. <laughs> so, and, and that's what Eric said. You know, the guy's actually Joe was completely right, but you know, it's probably not a good way to get your wines on the list, though. So, <laughs> easy so, to be remembered that way. Yeah, yeah, it is easy to be remembered. So, and then, but you know, then when Classic had sort of slipped there with sales, and I, God bless, you know, Joe, I he he called me. He's like, you know, I, I this is what's going on. You know, if 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 it upsets you, it bothers you that you want me to stay and stick this out. I'm like, I, absolutely not. You know, you got to do what you got to do, and you know, and so yeah, yeah, I miss that guy actually. What was it like repping the Dresner portfolio in the Colorado or in the Chicago market? It's be, you know, it's it's good here. I mean, those wines are you know, there's enough. There's a you know, it's it's gotten progressively better. I and mean, there's just enough fans of those wines. I mean, some you know are like you know the cult wines. I mean, like Rougiard. I mean, if we could get we could sell 
10 times more Rougier than we get, you know, than, than, than the, I think we get three cases or something like that. I mean, it's so bad. I have to go. I, <laughs> I, I'm like, I, I want to buy some Rougier. I go and I buy it back. I, th- I don't know if you, I think you are interviewing or did Craig Perman. I go and buy it back from Craig. <laughs> He buys it and I buy it back from him at retail even to get it. So it's like, yeah, I can't, I can't get any. <laughs> I hope you're not paying too much on the VIG. No, 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 no. And then the, then the other damn thing is, and I'll go in like, I, was, I, was, I think it was like six months ago, and I'm at Tin Bells in New York, and I'm like, they got magnums of it. I'm yeah, like, yeah. God, what the hell, you know? <laughs> I'd take a mag. <laughs> you enter into the Chicago market yep. kind of in the – slipstream of southern moving yep. into the market yep. how have you seen chicago change since the time you've been here and there well there's been more smaller distributorships pop up too right you know after that i think it kind of that you know again i'm not saying i'm not saying i or maverick paved the way but i think it the whole southern thing and maverick opened and then you know there was all of a sudden there was more options you know you had you know uh, cream hgo vino you know you had all these things that, that all these other companies that are more versed like we are in open up and i think the market's been more receptive to nowadays to that i you know it used to be like if well and it still is at some point you know as you know i mean accounts are going to say well i'm not going to deal with 20 distributors i'm only going to deal with you know four or five or whatever five, it is. Yeah. exactly yeah. yeah and in the old days that was more difficult now maverick the way it is now i mean we're usually one of those you know four or five which is good so it's you know easier to get your foot in the door and but i mean again there's a you know, there's a lot more competition than there was in those years you know with winebow here and you know now i will be interested to see with winebow in the country vintner thing with what goes on there we've already we've lost we've only lost one thing so far but so you know who knows you know what happens there and because just like things might leave a portfolio to go to you they might leave your portfolio without a doubt and you know what we lost was uh felton road and we had we were doing Felton Road direct just because of my connections in Central Otago and being because you like those wines. Yeah, I love the wines. And you've and been I'm, I'm friends with them, and I mean their vineyard. The vineyard's like a you know two miles down the road from us, and and you know I actually Blair the the winemaker emailed me. He's like, I you know we don't don't have a choice. I'm like, oh yeah, no, I completely understand. So. And the reason they wouldn't have a choice is because they work with that company. In other they're markets. going, yeah, they're going with. They had gone with. The craft in the states, which is the import side of country vintner, they had gone with them for all their markets, and I think and and that transpired because they were at Martin Scott, and then when country vintner bought Martin Scott, and then that's how then so these trans then that all transcended, and then then with the Winebow country vintner merger, I think yeah, there's wherever the country vintner is that, that they're going to be with. So, but you also have distributors in other markets too. You're yes, then we so then we went uh yeah, next was uh Van Sauvage in Las Vegas and that was solely because my dad had moved basically based all his operations. I think he moved out there in 89 to Vegas. I mean, for a lot of things for weather, tax reasons, he was a big blackjack player, so I think that would make sense for him too. So, uh we just decided to go to the source. Got to go to the source, exactly right. And actually it kind of weaned him off of it, but Eventually, yeah, we just decided, well, again, you know, with the competition thing out there, it's basically Southern and, and you know, Rocky Wirtz company. So we were basically like, well, let's, you know, let's give this a shot. And, and in the meantime, then Ken Fredrickson did NWA out there and then they, Wirtz bought them. So we're like, well, this is, we, we should go try to do this. And so that's how that transpired. And it's, it's still going, you know, we, we were just hitting the stride in 2000, then 2007 happened and it just, the whole that that whole town just Vegas sort of, collapsed. Yeah, just collapsed. Not you. No, the Vegas just like, collapsed. Though it was like, and now it's back. It is back now. But yeah, for a while there was kind of like, oh, this is not you know this is not like half finished oh, hotels. Yeah, and this stuff. is like not going to work. You know, yeah, this yeah. is like over. You know, the party's over. And but it, it's it's bounced back. So so we did that, and then we went. Guess it's been uh, two thousand. 2010 or eleven when we opened uh, Pioneer Wine Company in Texas, and that was. Greg Kasnoff, who's our partner there, was my college roommate. So, and he worked for, uh, he was an investment banker, lastly with Lehman, but and he left before the implosion, but he was just wanted, he was just sick of the game and wanted, had done very well for himself, but wanted to career change. And, uh, and he honestly didn't know a lot about wine. He's come a long way and, uh, he know, knows a lot about business, but yeah, so we've started there and, uh, you know, it's, it's really taken off and covering the state now and. But it's interesting because you haven't tried to do the same portfolio in every state. No, we have not. We've never we've never stipulated to like okay to 
like just, I mean, to use Shaver, for example, I've never said, Doug, okay, hey, you've got to go with us in all these markets or none. And, you know, and somebody like Schaefer, though, he is with us and everywhere but Texas. And, you know, and he, because they, with Republic there, they knock it out of the park for him. So there's, there'd be no reason for him to move. But it's something that's a lot, you know, it seems to happen that way with some of these guys that all of a sudden they're like, oh, okay, or can you give me an introduction to the other companies? Yeah. Our philosophy, and I don't know if it's correct or not, we, that's why they're all named differently, was like we wanted to keep these all not separate, but, you know, not necessarily tied together. And that's why we chose to name them differently, too. So, And it's probably true that different portfolios work in better in different ways. Abs- absolutely. I mean, it probably, like you said, to, to use a Dresden example, I mean, it works great here. It didn't work so well in Colorado. And sometimes you've represented these, too. Yeah, yeah. We did, yeah. We did. We uh, did in Colorado. We do in Texas now. Exactly, yeah. It was just a... It was a falling out, you know, that had nothing to do with me. And it was with, with Classic and the Teas book, you know, it was got, you know, one of those weird things. They wanted me the champagne and, you know, feelings got hurt and stuff. So it was like, Man, it's a whole thing. You do a lot more business without feelings. Yeah, I know you, you would, know without I mean? a doubt, without a doubt, you know, and I mean, so, yeah, that, uh, but yeah, we have the whole, we do have the whole book now at Pioneer in Texas, so, which is a great book. How would you compare the different markets? Like in terms of who's the consumer in these different places and how do you serve them? Here, there's more, I think, just because of the size of the market. It's less parochial, I think, than like a than like a Colorado market or a Texas market. Those are still very mainstream. You know, sales are great, but, the you know, for instance, like the Dresner book doesn't work in, in Texas near as well as it does here. I mean, I hate to keep using that as an example, but that's, to me, like the one example of where... I don't we, think you know, Joe would mind. No, I don't think he would. <laughs> He's probably up there you like, geez, yeah. <laughs> Whitefish salad, also <laughs> not big in, in Texas. That's right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly right. And you do, you have all those steakhouses. So, I mean, most of them, you know, are going for that sort of wine list. And, uh, I mean, there's some great, you know, buyers, there's some great songs down there. There's some great MS kids down there. But it's just, it's just more of that sort of market. And Colorado, to some extent, is that way. And then Vegas, I mean, there's still a market, you know, you just get, you, know, you can go anywhere from the craziness of like, you know, whatever, you know, I, I'm used to be, you know, not so much now, be like, I didn't ask you what it costs and just be like, yeah, send it. And, you know, and it was almost like it, the, the more expensive, the better, you know, it was like, you know, they don't want anything inexpensive. Did you ever pencil out the old number and put in a new number? Before yeah, exactly. It, right? It's like, what, how much, what, what are you willing to oh, pay? Do you, do you just said send it? Okay, hold on. Yeah, exactly. I got to make an adjustment yeah, on the invoice. Exactly. Exactly right. I wasn't that smart. <laughs> but I mean, a lot of times people talk about Vegas like it's dominated by one company or at most two companies, mm-hmm. but it seems like you actually have a pretty big portfolio. Yeah, we do. We have a big portfolio. I mean, we're kind of, there is, the, there's the franchise law there so if you're over 2,000 cases they you, you've either got to trade something out with somebody or they've got to you know let you go which you know you can imagine how much how many times that happens I mean so spell that out for me what does that mean the franchise law you have to so if you are selling over 2,000 cases within the state of Nevada you're lassoed to that distributor so even with Vin Sauvage, I mean, if we're over 2,000 cases, like do you, which we are like European sellers, I mean, he, I, I mean, I think Eric's happy there, but he's, he, you know, we don't have to let him go if he wanted to go. Yeah, yeah. You're just, you know, you're stuck. And so that kind of, you know, it, you know, you can't, you can't grow. I mean, you can't, you can grow, but you're growing, you know, with, with smaller brands, less than 2,000 cases. I got so, it. So, you know, which is, yeah, kind of a, you know, I don't foresee it changing, other, you know, but. Other states obviously have franchise laws. You know, some do, some don't. But yeah, it's it's definitely a hindrance business wise there, because I know there are brands that are over two thousand cases that would love to leave some other companies, but can't. And then you also got into the producer side. I did. We did get in the producer side. Yes. <laughs> and so you we, you ended up in New Zealand. How did this, that happen? Uh, I went down. Uh, another friend of mine, John Larche, who's an Australian importer, introduced me to Gary Farr, who in those years was at Bannockburn, who's a great guy, another great winemaker. And he was starting his own stuff and he was looking for a partner, you know, for capitalization. So I was like, oh, I'll go down. I grew up part, my dad had cotton farms in Australia. So I grew up part of my life in Australia. So it's always been sort of a second home for me. I'm like, yeah, sounds great. I'll go have a look. And then on the way down, uh, I just, I had never been to New Zealand. So I stopped in New Zealand and did all the wine regions, but Hawks Bay, nothing against Hawks Bay, but I was more looking for the, the Pinot thing, you know, and, and went, actually went, started from Auckland, flew to Queenstown to Central Otago, went back up north. And it sounds a little odd, but I really felt something about Central Otago. I'm like, I'm going to go back down there. So we went back. I was with my wife, so we went back down there and just had a look and, and had, got more serious and see what was going on. And uh, 
and kind of left and then went over and, and met with Gary and Geelong. And I mean, not that I, I don't want to fit anybody from Geelong that's listening to this, but I mean, Geelong compared to central Otago <laughs> scenery wise, it was just like, oh, central is just, and I, and the wines were just, I think they get better and better every vintage. And, and the wines were coming along guys like I, you know, like Felton Road was the only wine I knew down there, but then guys like Gibson Valley when Grant Taylor was there and, you know, Sam Neal's there with uh, the actor with the two paddocks stuff that Dean Shaw makes. I mean, there's some spectacular wines that really none of this country knows about even really in the scheme of things. So, uh, wound up, bought a sheep pasture not, not, I don't mean a flat one. It's like 20, 25% slopes. It actually looks really beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, yeah. If you like, look, you're yeah. like, Whoa, yeah, that looks nice. Yeah. It's uh, like, I can, I can understand what you mean. By yeah. It's like it's, seeing it and being like, yeah, that's where all the, you know, the Lord of the Rings scenery was filmed. So it's, it's, that's yeah, it's that scenery. And, and I'm, what's the bum. Gandalf vineyard like to farm? Yeah. <laughs> it's difficult. <laughs> so Sometimes it's white. So sometimes that, it's gray. That's exactly right. <laughs> no. So we did. And then, and uh, yeah, we got, uh, you know, Ted and I have known each other, I think just by, I, Ted I Lemon and yeah, Ted Lemon. Yeah. I, I was, yeah, I was one of the first people on his mailing list. I think, I don't even know how I heard about it. I just, just was. And then we started representing him at classic in the old days. And so I, I just like, okay, I want to, I want to, I, I got to get Ted to, to help out with this. And I, so it seems pretty ambitious from my viewpoint. I mean, obviously it, you had the relationship. It, we had the relationship, but I mean, he was, you know, he'd say he wasn't sure that, you know, it took a good six months and he was like, well, I don't know if I want to do this. And, but you know, I don't, I mean, his kids were young. He didn't know if he wanted to hop on the plane and travel like that, which I understand. But doesn't he have some New Zealand connection of his own now? Yeah. He, and I didn't know any of that at all. Yeah. He, so he like, so Grant, Speaking of Grant Taylor, who uh, Grant Taylor was with, you know, Archery. When Ted, when Gary Anders set up Archery Summit, Ted and, and Grant Taylor both helped. Um, so uh, he, Grant Taylor, was, I think, in Napa for 17 years before going back to New Zealand and uh, had spent time with Ted and Blair from Felton as well. So he knew all these guys. And then an, uh, an American kid called Doug Weiser, who was Ted's assistant, sent uh, he sent he's he ted told doug he thought he should go to new zealand and go try to you know do something down there which he did he went to uh, you know dry river at first and then he wound up as the assistant at craggy and then was you know tragically killed in a kite surfing accident so um so yeah there was a lot of a lot of new zealand connections and i think that's kind of what put ted over the edge in the end so he called me one day and just said you know i i, I think he got i mean i was hounding him i think he got tired of me hounding him he just said uh let's get on a plane and go have a look so and he helped you lay out the vineyard. He did lay. He lay, yeah. We we he did it. We uh. So we went down and took a look, and and he was like, he was like, wow. He's like, I've never seen anybody pick something like this with you know not knowing with that viticultural sort of background. And I, and and I hate to say it, I hadn't. I didn't know what the soil type was. So <laughs> we got lucky there. But I you know really I just had known been you know through enough great vineyards of the of the world of what they look like to me, and that's. But there's also sort of a, skiing nearby. And yes, there you're is a skier, skiing nearby. Right? Yes, yeah, like. <laughs> but you know what the crazy part of it is? I've never skied there yet. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, and, okay. And and what? It was 2001 is when we bought the property. So what's that? I mean, 12, 13 years. Yeah. I mean, I've never skied there yet. And you know what? I've never thought because the seasons are reversed. So I'm never down there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, where (laughs) is the snow? I came in December. That's exactly right. Again. Exactly right. So I'm down there, you know, which is kind of nice. When I, Ted and I go down in January for the growing season, and then we were down there at harvest, you know, but this year when it was 40 below in Chicago, I was down there and, you know, calling home. My wife's like, it's 40 below. I'm like, you are so full of crap. 40 below. (laughs) And I realized it really was. It's like, I'm like, yeah, it's about 85 Fahrenheit here. So, Polar yeah, vortex. Exactly. Never heard of it. What's that? Yeah. So yeah. So Ted and laid out the vineyard. We brought two guys actually from Napa down there to that laid it all out. And Ted and I, it's twenty five acres, uh, mostly Pinot, a little Riesling, and a little bit of Gruner Veltliner. What's up with the Gruner thing? Uh, we just harvested it. This I just love Gruner, and I we just I, I think we got enough to make like one hundred fifty cases tops, but. I mean, we how just, much gruners in New Zealand? Uh, you know what? There, there was more and more. You know, there wasn't much when we planted, but uh, you know, it was kind of Ted said that too. It's like you know, he'd done some work in Austria and seen him, you know, riesling and gruner ripen side by side. So, and the riesling was ripening and doing well in central. Sure. So I figured, well, let's give I've it a shot. I definitely had good riesling. Yeah. So let's yeah. So so she said, let's give it a shot and see what happens. And uh, so Ted and I, yeah, we did like seventy soil pits, and you know, it was 
mundane, you know, Ted down on the chipping away and I was writing down his notes and you know, what he's saying and, uh, laid out the via, laid out the vineyard and it's, and Ted asked me one day, he's like, would you do it biodynamically? I'm like, sure. So we've you know, been by we've been BD since day one too as well. Because that also seems rare for New Zealand. It you know what it it's it was in those years, but it's it's yeah we got called a lot of like goofy you know names like the witch doctor thing and what are these you know Yankee wankers doing? Once I heard you know, and now there's you know as soon as you're like I'm from Kansas, I'm from a farm. You know, like you know I am not a Yankee. No, it's not. I know it's like Yankee wanker. I'm like I think I've just offended, but I'm not for sure. So, uh, I go to Rockies games. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that's, that's how that all started. And we did our first vintage, not, did our first commercial vintage 09. We made a little line in 08, but didn't release it. So, um, oh, so, 09. I mean, yep, so nine was you bought one. it in 01 and then seven so, years. Well, we started planting years. in 03. So those were boom times in New Zealand. And it was very difficult to even get the grapevines. And so what we were getting wasn't exactly up to par. We had a lot of problems with take. And, you know, and being BD is that that's the one detriment that I do see to BD is like, has, it takes them a lot longer to get up to stake as they say. I see. Yeah. Then, you know, I mean, we had people tell us, well, why don't you just start chemically doing right. it and then yeah. wean it? And I was like, well, that doesn't make much sense. Then you could have made it yeah. 2001 and a half. That's exactly right. right. But it's like, it's like, yeah, it's like gives, to me, it was like, okay, he gets like, gives you somebody heroin for a while. And then right, like, right. now it's done, you know, <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> now yeah. you're on your own. So enjoy. But, um, yeah, so. That's it. And then we, uh, I guess that's why I've never had the wines. Yeah. No, like, there's, cause there just haven't been that many. I, there haven't been that many. I should brush a bottle. Uh, hint, hint. Yeah. <laughs> Still waiting. <laughs> I've yet to ever yeah. try any. Feeling yeah. kind of thirsty. <laughs> and I don't have one. <laughs> um, yeah, we just released 2012. So yeah, but it hasn't been, you know, it's been, We've, I mean, Australia and New Zealand are huge markets for us. The UK and Denmark, believe it or not, is one that kind of came out of the blue with me with a surprise. So, but the United States isn't uh, so big on New Zealand, right? Not, now, not so much, not as much. No, no, honestly, I mean, I, I don't really know why. I think sort of that, uh, you know, that Marlboro Sauvignon Blanc is, I don't want to say tarnished the the image, but it's it's like New Zealand wine seems to me that most people perceive that it should be inexpensive. I see. And then when it's not inexpensive, it's like, well, why is that? I mean, so it's kind of like Chinese food in New York. Exactly. Exactly. So why is it expensive? Because it's good. (laughs) So it's, uh, uh, you know, I mean, Burn Cottage is, you know, 60 bucks on a retail shelf. And, you know, but I mean, we're, I mean, our yields, I mean, we had our biggest yields this year at two and a quarter tons an acre. You know, most of our yields have been a ton and a half. And, you know, everything biodynamic and everything done, you know, natural in the winery. It's not a, cheap undertaking to make so and ted's still yeah. the head wine is still the head maker yeah because i'm not aware of a ted lemon wine that sells for less than 60 no i you can't do it you know i mean we gotta we you know we gotta pay him obviously too and we gotta pay you know for us for us to go down there you know i mean that's yeah it's yeah it's a labor of ski love. passes ski not passes. yet not yet one day <laughs> <laughs> one day that's why you haven't been able to ski yet. i don't think ted like, skis. Sell we're lucky yeah, ted no. doesn't ski <laughs> But I mean, you're the only yeah. guy I know that has an estate in New Zealand and in Germany. Well, the Ger- and the German thing, you know, really came about with my brother. My brother lives in California, and he's actually friends uh, with Rudy Weiss. So, which is w- a portfolio you with, represent. A, with exactly with, with German wines, and and so we had gotten when through uh, Kevin when he was with Terry that that Kolarupek may be something you know maybe changing Kev- there. Kevin Pike, yeah, Kevin Pike, yeah. He gave you a heads up, yes, that something may be changing there, and then Rudy said it too. And so we kind of, my brother got the wheels turning, I think, and just contacted Bern Felipe, who was, who was the owner of Color Ruprecht. And, and it was true. Yeah. He doesn't have any heirs, uh, you know, wanted to, he has a vineyard in Portugal and I think is more interested in that now and wanted to go that route and didn't, you know, we just wanted to, to sell the, sell the winery, which yeah, I don't think it's been out of the original families since 1680 or something. And he was there for like 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. And now some Yankee wankers on it, but <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we bought it because we wanted to really just preserve the style of the wine, as you know, and as some people do know, I mean, they're different, they're old school German wines. They're not the new squeaky clean school. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I love Dunhoff. I love Miller Couture. Don't get me wrong, but this is just a different style that isn't really done that much in Germany anymore. And we wanted to preserve that. So, cause it's native yeast, yeah. long leaves time yeah. in barrel, in barrel. And oak. Yeah, see, there's some oak, there's some food in that place that were Burns grandfathers. So still, so 
Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's it's an old school regime there. And it's in the falls. It's in the falls, yeah. It's in a village called Kaldstad. In the falls, which is just, you know, looks like a uh, the the place itself looks like a Grimm's fairy tale. It's just, yeah, you know, it's it's really you know with the vineyard, you know, in the, the before or after the children get eaten, uh, either or. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, then the then the uh, the vineyard just across the street from the from the winery, Salmagen, which is the main, you know, sort of the Salmagen, yeah, the big exactly one, the Grand, the Cree, old yeah. one, yeah. There's like four or something. Yeah, there is four, but Salmagen's like the Grand Cru of, of the of the region basically it means sal stomach which they actually they have to do this at the restaurants there they do a salmogen which is a stuffed pig stomach with i don't know what's all some sort of typical german some sort of sausage and meat in it and potatoes and it's delicious it's a yeah. dish as well yeah, it's a deli- yeah it's a dish. are you supposed yeah. to drink wines from there with that dish yeah exactly yeah. well that's kind of yeah, cool it's very cool like I, i've it's, never seen something like that no it's before, a great cool where it's, it's named the same it's, as it's, the wine and it was, i guess it got the the vineyard supposedly got the name because of the in the old days, they thought it, it, it looks was shaped like a sow stomach. So I see that was what's happened. Yeah. So, so yeah, we, we finally, you know, were able to, yeah, it wasn't an easy deal between translation of every document, you know, and blah, 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 blah. But we finally were able to, uh, to get that going. And then, you know, Burns, uh, I think Burns is about out. We, he, we kept him around for, I think four or five years. And then we actually have, uh, Dominic Sona, who we've hired as there to run it day to day. He's been there a couple of years ago. He's a great kid who actually worked for Ted as well too. So there's a Ted lemon connection there as well. So, and what are the wines like? There's a lot of grape varieties. Yes, there are. Yeah. we. I mean, more Riesling. I mean, Riesling is obviously the focus and, and, you know, and the other thing I always forget to say, I mean, we're, we're trying to do more dry Riesling, which they, which Kohler always has. And that's what kind of my brother and I are into nothing against, you know, sweet Rieslings. But it also but, seems like a region where you could do that. Yeah, you can. Like I mean, the it's, ripeness. It's, yeah, it's the more. It's not the Mosul. It's it's warmer than you know most. I think it's the warmest growing region in in. Uh, it it in seems Germany. like it. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's not. Yeah, especially since global warming. It yeah, seems exactly, like it. and it's so. I mean, so there's no there's no ripeness problem. Uh, you know, yeah, you know, there's a little spate burgunder. Uh, then you know, yeah, there's Pinot Blanc, there's Chardonnay, there's yeah, all in just sort of small varieties but, but like know. yeah muscat conversion exactly soy reba yeah everything but, uh, but gruner everything you know? <laughs> everything but gruner knock on wood but like yeah like the pinot blanc has kind of become a cult wine here is that also. true yeah i don't think yeah. i've ever had it yeah it's, it's good hint hint hint, hint. yeah <laughs> so i should be writing this down <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i've never had room yet <laughs> yeah right <laughs> Because, yeah, you bring in some of those wines, too. No, I'm just yeah. <laughs> get, okay. you the, get you the book. <laughs> but you make, uh, the, you know, that wine. And what's the Samagan vineyard like as a vineyard, like to work? Uh, you know what? That's a good question. I'm, I can't be honest with you. I've, never wor- I've been in it, but I've never worked it. Because your brother kind of has yeah, he it handles, Yeah, he handles yeah. that mostly, yeah. I mean, I've. I've I've been over there I guess three times now, but I've never really you know done anything in the vineyard like I do in New Zealand. Well, it's also newer than the New Zealand. Yeah, thing. it is. Yeah, you purchased and tanned. Yeah, and purchased and and planted, and it was a little whole different ball game than what Kohler is. You know, with up and going with I think we're doing eight thousand cases of wine, which we haven't changed at Kohler. So that's really not much. No, but that's what it, you know we haven't experienced. But it's just, you know it's just such a huge Germany, is such a huge market for for I mean for Kohler. I mean that it's. I think back in the day when Terry was bringing in, he was bringing in like 200 cases or something like that, and mostly of Halbtrock and stuff. So, well, yeah, yeah. of course, of yeah. course it was exactly. <laughs> of course, it wasn't fully dry. No, exactly, I mean? exactly. But he, but it's with Dresner now. Yep, so and it's Dresner now. Yep. You represent Dresner, yep. but also Josepha used to work for you. And Josepha, yeah, worked cool. for Maverick here for boy quite a while, and then you know, when she moved on, she moved from moved over to Dresner from Maverick. Yep. Did she call you? A She's still there. On yeah, the way <laughs> she called me worse. <laughs> <laughs> she sent me a. She ran into. She sent me a, actually. It was, I think it was three weeks ago. Uh, there's an Australian wine writer. who's a friend of mine. who's a, a great crazy kid. Mike Benny's his name. And and somehow he was in, he was in San Francisco. And she ran into him somehow randomly in San Francisco. And my name came up. I guess probably through the Chicago thing. And they sent me a. A picture of both of them flipping me off through the text. <laughs> it's good to have friends. Yeah. Make you feel warm inside. Exactly. care about you. That tells you what she thinks of me. <laughs> but I mean, it's interesting because in the same way that you have distributorships in different markets, you have two, what I think of as very different wines. Very much so. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're definitely, you know, one, you know, I mean, Kohler being that old school is, we always kind of joke, is made in a more 
oxidative style of winemaking and where Ted, you know, is pretty reductive style of winemaking. So yeah, they're, they're completely opposite. It's going to be interesting to see what the, re- we picked our first Riesling in Burn Cottage this year. So it'll be interesting to see what it is. Side I think that'd side. be really interesting. Yeah. It's going to be, yeah, you know it, I mean? it is going to be comparative. The fruit looked good and everything, you know, but you know, see what ted does well, pinot noir you could do too yeah with the yeah, pinot noir they, they are yeah that is true that is a good point but i mean um, is there ever a case where it's the same customer that you sell both of those wines to because it wouldn't seem like it would be no yeah it can be we don't make a point of it like you know if i'm doing you know a, a, a market visit like you know i just was well with Polliner, i guess last month in new york and then see there were and when we're with different distributors sometimes too it's hard to do both but yeah i, I think we always basically talk about each property but we're not necessarily i don't know if i've ever had i was trying to think about that if we've ever had if i've ever had both wines open at the same time in the market i don't think i have i mean it's kind of known that we own both and we talk about both but now it's you're kind of focused on one or the other because you're yeah exactly right somebody may want not want a new zealand pinot noir that wants a german Riesling or vice versa how many business cards do you have? Like, is there one for every company, or is <laughs> no. it like a flip it's over thing? It started out that way. And I, Does it I, say like Marcus German wine grower, and then you flip it, it over, it, and it's like New Zealand? No, it started out that way. And I was just, and now it's, you know, I'm, I'm notorious. My wife's always joke is, you know, it's like you don't have a card. I'm like, no, I don't have one. I just totally, like, I don't, like, I don't have one today to give you. It's just, you know, I totally just for space doing that. But I just use that. It just yeah, but you're the same card. guy who like didn't really have a headshot. No, and exactly. Like, <laughs> uh, let me see if my wife's got a picture that, of me yeah. somewhere. No, like, I'll send that, it to that you. That actually, my uh, son took that <laughs> the day you asked for it. So. I'll be honest. There's a certain kind of guy that sends you a headshot where he's wearing sunglasses. Yeah, that's, I, didn't, that's, I didn't even. It's not everybody. I didn't even. That, I didn't even think know? about it. To tell you the truth, <laughs> like, I didn't think of that. Like, I actually washed my with this six feet of hair I have. I, I washed my hair that day, so I thought well, oh, this is a good idea. This is a good thank idea. you. <laughs> We, from all of us <laughs> who are looking at that, want to say thank you. Yeah, now everybody's going to see that shot and be like, you washed your hair that day? I just wonder, you know, what's going on with the eyes? Yeah, a bloodshot no, that yeah. morning? You know what I mean? Well, it probably was a good chance of that. <laughs> like I told you, there are today, so. And what about, I mean, what do you like in terms of wine? It seems like so many different portfolios, so yeah. many different business interests. As far as a personal, what yeah, I like I mean, to drink. Who are you? What are you drinking these days? I mean, I'm a, you know, I sound snobby when you say this, but I'm, I definitely have more of an old world palette, you know, and I think that's what that's New Zealand's what attracted me a little bit to that. It definitely, it's still new world. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there's still the fruit there, but there's still this underlying, you know, mineral minerality and herbiness that's, you know, and, and acid and, you know, our alcohol levels are, I mean, next year, the 2013 is going to be 12.8 natural alcohol. So, which is kind of unheard of in a new world Pinot Noirs. You know, Ted's gotten a glitter right down to about those levels too. And, it, you know, we're wondering if it's biodynamics. But yeah, so I mean, I, I, you know, I went through stages. I mean, I had the, probably like everybody else, I had the big, you know, that 98 vintage of all the Aussie Shirazes and stuff. Man, I was into it, you know, and, and ready to go and loved it and bought a bunch of them. And yeah, just, just progressively seemed to become more of a, you know, like I'm, I describe myself as a burgundy snob, to tell you the truth. I mean, not necessarily drinking you know Rousseau and Rumier all the time but you know even just even you know Cote de Chalonnais and and little things like that I you know, I just I love Pinot but From, it seems like at the same time you understand that people go through a progression sometimes absolutely and yeah, you understand I think that so. markets are different yeah yeah and I think everybody I think I don't know if you did I think everybody goes through that progression I, I mean I don't know if I've ever ran into anybody it's like well well I guess maybe if they grew up drinking it wine depends if they family. grew up Drinking wine with that's, the family. That's exactly I think right. that's, that's the whole... That is the whole deal. Yeah. Thing. So if you had, yeah, if you grew up like, you know, drinking Burgundy with dinner, yeah, I'm sure then you get it. But. Well, I don't know if you've heard yeah. the Peter Wasserman interview, but it's pretty no. sick. Is it? Yeah. yeah. But he grew up water. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you know, hanging out and it's <laughs> like jokes with Obear at the table and <laughs> yeah. stuff. You know what I mean? As a kid. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just, uh, you know. just like me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. had that too, except his name was Obear the Bales Monster. That's right, exactly. That's, that was my family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, At least you knew somebody named Obear. I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was but, actually Obert. Uh, yeah, he, <laughs> just just you know. sounds a better thing than Obear. <laughs> yeah, we used to make it sound nicer for him. <laughs> he actually, I met him last year. He was uh, in Central Otago. Yeah, he went and, into yeah. New Zealand. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he did that. And him and Ted are obviously know each other well. And he came by the vineyard. And yeah, yeah. Really, not, not, yeah really nice, humble, not. You know, when you're thinking DRC, it's not what I, you know, 
you don't think you know, I'd be thinking I'd be like I'm DRC, you know? And he wasn't like that at all. So yeah, he'd have like he'd like point to himself, yeah, exactly, like with the thumbs <laughs> yeah, yeah, backwards, exactly. Like, I thought he'd have a DRC. I'm the man. I thought he'd have. I'd have if I owned DRC. I'd have a big DRC tattoo on me somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, you would. Yeah, yeah you would. <laughs> Three of them. Three of them, exactly. One under each Latosh, skull. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Reishborg. But um, um, what are those scenes like? I mean, you know, we had Nick Mills on the show. Yep. You know, yep. isn't the Different New line. Zealand scene close? People yeah, close? it's very close. I mean, that's one of the things that, you know, there's a New Zealand wine writer, another guy who's a great guy who's an ex uh, TV commentator there, John Hawksby. He calls it he calls us all a bunch of pirates down there. I mean, it was it's a very close knit. I mean, we're all older with kids now, but like back in the day, I mean, it was a wild. You know, it, it probably Nick can allude to that is too as well. It's you know, it was a wild time. You know, and it and uh, everybody you know very welcoming and 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 got along and we all seemed to be the same sort of personalities and kindred spirits and like I said now we're all a little bit older now but but yeah it was a very yeah and still that way i mean everybody willing to to share ideas and you know and so are we i mean you know people you know we 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 were doing stuff you know people hadn't seen before and didn't, you know and and we're willing to you know, show them and not a big deal you know not like you know you can't come in the winery and see this <laughs> so and uh, they were likewise. It's the same way. What about Germany? I mean, it's- uh, you know what's more? I uh, more closed. Uh, you know, it's more. It's more German. <laughs> <laughs> There's more BMWs on the streets. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. More Benzes, several more yeah, Mercedes. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a little more rigid. Yeah, <laughs> which you know it is. I mean, it, it definitely is. Yeah. I'm not saying I don't, you know, that you couldn't walk into somewhere and try to, and ask them, you know, what to, you know, but I, I don't know how well it would go over. I wouldn't like, I mean, you, I, we could go ask Nick anything and be like, yeah, what do you want? Yeah. What do you do if you see this or, you know, but that's a great thing about with, with Ted involved though, too. I mean, there's not much he hasn't seen anywhere, you know, with all his vintages or in places. So. And so, what's next for you? Like Mars? Yeah, like you know, <laughs> no colonizing more, other planets. No more vineyards. I can tell you that. No, no more vineyards. That's just yeah. A friend of mine tried to get me to do one, and it was I. It was I would have loved to have done it in Barolo because that's another. I love bright That's yeah, you know, yeah. Barolo Barbaresco to me, yeah, is the shit to me too as well. I, you know, it's my. I tell people they look at me like I'm crazy, you know, but like after. Second favorite grape out of Pinot Noir is Nebbiolo to me. So, yeah. I got to be honest, I put it the other way for me. Yeah, like so, yeah, so, yeah, so exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. Pinot's yeah. number two. But. Yeah, exactly. So it's the same. To me, they have a lot of the same characteristics, you know. And But yes, yeah, no, I, I think that's part's done. You know, we've always, we've looked at different states. I mean, the, the great thing about having these books now is you have suppliers that say, hey, God, you know, you really need to look at, you know, Florida. And you really, you know. Which we did. We've looked at Florida. We've looked at Louisiana. We've looked at all these different states. Just nothing's ever clicked yet, you know. So, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, we don't have any. He said we haven't had any rhyme or reason with the markets we've done before that they've all just had a reason and lined up. So, you know, we don't sit in that round and think. I'm not thinking Wisconsin just because you know we're we're right across the you know the border, but. You're not sitting there with a giant globe and like a no, exactly, pen, like, yeah, all of this exactly. is mine, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think I was. Uh, a friend of mine, at, uh, Aaron Meeker, that works for Vine Streets now, he, he, he called me uh, the global wine overlord. <laughs> well, it is kind of crazy, man. It's kind of like, I mean, the way you play it is like, oh, I woke up one day, and then they said I had a place in Germany. <laughs> well, that's kind of And then a couple of weeks later, crazy. <laughs> that's kind of, yeah, you know what I mean? That, but let me, unfortunately, or fortunately or unfortunately, that's about all the thought that went into a couple of those things. It was like, well, really? <laughs> That was a long yeah. night of drinking. Yeah, it was. We What'd you get? Yeah. A black guy? Well, I got a vineyard in Germany. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the one thing I must confess with either one of those is I didn't realize that how the, the travel, you know, you never, you're down, like, especially in Central Otago, down there excited about it, you know, for the first couple of times. And you realize, oh, shit, this is a long way. It's like away. 16 hours. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, now, I, I mean, I'm, thank God for miles and stuff. Now, I mean, I'm too much for prima donna. Now they used to do a coach. So it's like, I'm not right. doing a coach, you know, back there. Was, you you know, probably have so many miles, they put you in the cockpit. That's exactly it. Probably <laughs> like, would. Ask, you know, I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> first class isn't good enough. <laughs> you know, the Let's cockpit. put you up here. Do you mind just sitting <laughs> yeah. with these headphones on? <laughs> they let Ted do that. But they also have like uh, planes in New Zealand just to get around, right? Like it's oh, kind of yeah. like a it's, bus service. It's the largest. Hel- it's the largest. I think how's that go? It's the largest. Uh, they have the most helicopters per capita in the world. 
yeah, there's, I mean, the helicopters of them are like, don't even think about it. I mean, they fight frost with helicopters even. I mean, we, we fight it with water, but they'll bring in a, a helicopter if, the, if, if it looks like it's going to be a frost to try to, you know, to, to move the air. And, you know, I, I don't know how that ever really gets paid for with the, I mean, I think it's like 3,500 bucks an hour. And then you have them on standby just in case. Yeah, it adds up. That always seems like dangerous to me. <laughs> like, right. You well, know, like in MASH when the chopper yeah, exactly, comes down, exactly. everyone has to duck, and if they don't exactly. duck, they get knocked over it's, it's, and maybe chop their head off. It's and exactly, stuff, it's exactly you know? right. I don't, I, I don't disagree. with I you. mean, you know, without the Viet Cong, yeah. but still, you know, it just <laughs> seems dangerous. Still Low yeah, flying you know, helicopter, you know. And a lot of times, some of those vineyards and the big ones, there's you know five or six of them out there doing the same thing. It's yeah, it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's I don't, yeah, I don't think it does probably make sense in you know, a lot of times. But you know, it's better I guess than losing your crop. It's probably sure fun for somebody too. Yeah, but those, hey, those, take the chopper. I think those helicopter pilots too are a little, you know. <laughs> sometimes I just couple of those. You walk in and you're like, am I doing the right thing here? <laughs> I got three tattoos of skulls, but this guy's got eight. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I remember. Uh, oh, you know, it was Raj. It was Raj. Uh, Rush Parman, he was down. Yeah, because he yeah. went down there. Yeah, he went down there recently. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually visited Burn Cottage too. But then he had, he had the next morning. He had a helicopter flight, and I think we had gotten a little too crazy too. And he was like nervous about the whole flight anyway. And <laughs> I think it went okay though. So, but <laughs> well, I've still seen him walking yeah, around. Still, and stuff. still around, and like, yeah. <laughs> all the fingers are still there. Yeah, so. I haven't seen him for a while, but yeah. <laughs> but but what about distribution? I mean, if. You said some things look like they might not work. Some things, you know, you didn't follow up yeah. on that opportunity. I yeah. mean, what does it look like when it does, when it is going to work? And what does it look it, like when it's not going to work? What are those, uh, what are those scenarios? Uh, you know what? I think if any of us knew that, we'd all, you know, be wealthy beyond our, you know, than we could ever dream of. I, you, the biggest thing you got to do is, and it was a hard one to do a lot of times, sometimes you got to remove your personal preference out of it, you know, because like I said, I mean, it costs the same to deliver 10 cases. And it does it deliver one, and sometimes you know you need to fill the truck, so it may not be a wine that is in your vein or your style, but you know it it's you know it's solid. It nothing you know nothing's wrong with it, and it sells well. And I'd say it. I mean, you've got to got to have sales. I mean, it's not like yeah. you're selling poison or something. no, exactly. You're, <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, just maybe exactly. selling something that you don't necessarily prefer as a palate to drink. And I mean, that's. You know, that's, I mean, I think that's every just, I don't know if anybody would ever admit that, but that's to me, it's every distributorship does. I mean, you have to. So, I mean, sometimes you just, you know, you know, if you're, if somebody, if a brand is moving over and you see numbers, you know, you can kind of look and say, well, this is, they're not doing very well there. How are we going to do better? Or you look and say, well, they're not calling on, you know, these accounts and blah, 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 blah. Each scenario is different, but sometimes yeah, you really don't, you just kind of, I mean, we take a lot of stuff just because we taste it and go like, holy shit, that's good. And then it's like, wow, you know, I mean, there's a, there's a great New Zealand wine and it just didn't work here for whatever reason. Uh, Pyramid Valley. I don't know if you know those wines and Mike Fershing, who's an American kid doing great stuff. And I mean, I mean, literally some along with literally some of the best new world Chardonnay I've tasted anywhere. And it just did not work here. You know, and there, and there were, I remember we tasted them. I had had them before and then tasted them with the team out there. And everybody's like, geez, this is stunning. And it, you know, it just didn't work. So who knows, you know? I mean, but again, you know, expensive New Zealand Chardonnay and Pinot Noir that, you know, a lot of people didn't, didn't get it. Are there also limits to like, you know, say you have 20 successful brands from a, a general region, you know, can you invest you, in 40 or yeah. do you need to kind of keep it to 20 if it's, you know, I mean, even if you find another 10 that you really like, are you supposed to bring those that's out too? Or? Good, it's a, always, a, you know, I kind of joke, you know, we're all, we're basically jugglers. We've always got some brand in the air, you know, somebody, you know, cause there's only, yeah, there's only so much you can do and there's only so much you can sell. And that's a, that's a tough question. Do you take on, I mean, we've had that, you know, we, I, the biggest one I remember and we, we did it, it was with classic, you know, we have wine bow there and it was like, well, you know, Dalterra wanted to move. It was like, do we take Dalterra with wine bow? And we, you know, we did and it's, it's worked out great, but it was really, boy, I hope this, you know, works and, you know, we're able to, but there's keep a number of both uh, and, there's a number of Italian restaurants in Aspen. And stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we were, yeah. But see, so yeah, you just, I, it's a hard one to, to crack. Do you, you know, where do you cap it? I mean, do you, do you, yeah, do you have, I don't even know how many Napa cabs we have now, but yeah, do you take 20, do you take 40, do you take a hundred? I don't know. I mean, just kind of, you know, 
it's just rolling the dice sometimes. And it seems like some markets have moved fairly slowly in evolution of taste, and yeah, some markets they, it's, it's like, exactly wow, right. six months are over, that's new exact, thing. That's exactly right. Do you ever feel like? Exactly I don't know. Right. I don't want to get hell. I don't want to hold the bag. No, I, you know what I mean. Like when I don't yeah. want to like. By the time I set up a portfolio, yeah. something new could be hit. But absolutely. I, I, I mean, absolutely. You know. I mean, it's the, the natural wine thing, which I think is still going. I mean, but yeah, do you, you know somebody? Do you want to have a, a you know a thousand natural wines when the when the you know shit hits the fan? I I don't you know probably not. You know, so is that a Tantamisis joke? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or worse. <laughs> I'm not bashing natural wine. I shouldn't do that. Some of them I don't understand. I must confess. You know, some of them. But yeah. you know, people say that to me like every day. Yeah. But I got to be honest. Some some commercial wines I don't understand. Oh, without a doubt. You, you without a doubt. I mean? Without a doubt. But I think like, there's some natural wines that there's there's some there's a fault going on, and that's then it's like oh, it's a natural wine. I'm like no, that's you should have corrected the pH on that. That's what you should have done. You know. So, but yeah, no. There's definitely a lot of like yeah. Yeah, commercial wines, which definitely I don't understand either. So, yeah, and that's a good question. I, I'm sorry, I don't have to answer that one either. I mean, how do you spot the next big trend? Missed the spirits one, I can tell you that, like I said earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a fad. All these mixologists. Yeah. Sorry, Alex Trebek, I yeah, missed that category. Exactly, yeah. But that's, you know, I don't know. That's the world. Yeah, that is the world. That is the world. Marcus Savage, he's done well in this world. Maybe he'll create a vineyard in the next one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you for being here today. Good to be here, man. Marcus Thanks. Sauvage of Classic Wines in Colorado, Maverick in Chicago, Vin Sauvage in Las Vegas, and Pioneer in Texas. That's right. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. All Drink to That is hosted and produced by myself, Levy Dalton. Aaron Scala has contributed original pieces. Editorial assistance has been provided by Bill Kimsey. The show music was performed and composed by Rob Moose and Thomas Bartlett. Show artwork by Alicia Tenoyan. T-shirts, sweatshirts, coffee mugs, and so much more, including show stickers, notebooks, and even gift wrap are available for sale if you check the show website, alldrinktothatpod.com. That's I-L-L, drinktothatpod.com, which is the same place you'd go to sign up for our email list or to make one of the crucially important donations that help keep this show operating. You can donate from anywhere using PayPal or Stripe on the show website. Remember to hit subscribe or to follow this show in your favorite podcast app, please. That's super important to see every episode. And thank you for listening.